Chapter Thirteen of the House of the Wolfings. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nastasia S. The House of the Wolfings by William Morris. Chapter Thirteen. It was no later than the next night and a many of what thralls were not with the host were about in the feast hall with the elders and lads and weaklings of the house for last night's tidings had drawn them thither gisli had gone back to his kindred in the wain burg in the upper mark and the women were sitting most of them in the women's chamber some of them doing what little summer work needed doing about the looms but more resting from their work in fields and acre then came the hall's son forth from her room clad in glittering raiment and summoned no one but went straight to her place on the dais under her namesake the lamp and stood there a little without speaking her face was pale now her lips a little open her eyes set and staring as if they saw nothing of all that was round about her now went the world through the hall and the woman's chamber that the hall's son would speak again and that great tidings were toward so all flock came flock meal to the dais both thralls and free and scarce were all gathered there ere the hall's son began speaking and said the days of the world thrust onward and men were born therein a many and a many and divers deeds they win in the fashioning of stories for the kindreds of the earth a garland interwoven of sorrow and of mirth to the world a warrior cometh from the world he passeth away and no man then may sunder his good from his evil day by the gods hath he been tormented and been smitted by the foe he hath seen his maiden perish he hath seen his speech friend go his heart hath conceived a joyance and hath brought it on to birth but he hath not carried with him his sorrow or his mirth he hath lived and his life hath fashioned the outcome of the deed for the blossom of the people and the coming kindred's seed thus wise the world is fashioned and the new sun of the morn where earth last night was desert beholds a kindred born that to-morrow and to-morrow blossoms all gloriously with many a man and maiden for the kindreds yet to be and fair the goth folk groweth and yet the story saith that the deeds that make the summer make to the winter's death that summer tides unceasing from out the grave may grow and the spring rise up unblemished from the bosom of the snow thus as to every kindred the day comes once for all when yesterday it was not and to-day it builds the hall so every kindred biddeth the night-tide of the day whereof it knoweth nothing even when noon is passed away even thus the house of the wolfings twixt dusk and dark doth stand and narrow is the pathway with the deep on either hand on the left are the days forgotten on the right the days to come and another folk and their story in the steed of the wolfing home do the shadows darken about it 
is he even here at last or is this but a storm of the noontide that the wind is driving past unscathed as yet it standeth it bears the stormy drift nor bows to the lightning flashing adown from the cloudy lift i see the hail of battle and the onslaught of the strong and they go adown to the folk moat that shall bide there over long i see the slain heaps rising and the alien folk prevail and the goths give back before them on the ridge over the treeless vale i see the ancient fallen and the young men smitten dead and yet i see the war-duke shake throng plough over his head and stand unhelmed unbrined before the alien host and the hurt men rise around him to win back battle lost and the wood yield up her warriors and the whole host rushing on and the swaying lines of battle until the lost is won then forth goes the cry of triumph as they ring the captives round and cheat the crow of her portion and heap the warrior's mound there are faces gone from our feast hall not the least beloved nor worst but the wane of the house of the wolfings not yet the world hath cursed the sun shall rise to-morrow on our cold and dewy roof for they that longed for slaughter were slaughtered far aloof she ceased for a little but her countenance which had not changed during her song changed not at all now so they all kept silence although they were rejoicing in this new tale of victory for they deemed that she was not yet at the end of her speaking and in good sooth she spake again presently and said i wot not what hath befallen nor where my soul may be for confusion is within me and but dimly do i see as if the thing that i look on had happened a while ago they stand by the tofts of a war garth a captain of the foe and a man that is of the goth folk and as friend and friend they speak but i hear no word they are saying though for every word i seek and now the mist flows round me and blind i come aback to the house roof of the wolfings and the hearth that hath no lack her voice grew weaker as she spake the last words and she sank backward on to her chair her clenched hands opened the lids fell down over her bright eyes her breast heaved no more as it had done and presently she fell asleep the folk were doubtful and somewhat heavy-hearted because of those last words of hers but they would not ask her more or rouse her from her sleep lest they should grieve her so they departed to their beds and slept for what was yet left of the night end of chapter 13 recording by nastasia s